Hello, Loose Lug Nation, and welcome to episode Chase Elliott, number nine of Loose Lugs. I'm your host, Lauren Leach, again joined by Mark Allen. Mark, hope you're staying safe, buddy. How you doing? Engine, engine, number nine. <laughs> One of my favorites. Yeah, hey, happy Easter there, buddy. Happy Easter. How's your Easter doing? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, spending time with the family with the quarantine going on. Had some nice ham and potatoes and corn for, for dinner. How about yours? Uh, putting lots of hours in down at the plant. Uh, grueling, grueling weekend. Uh, but I'm in the man cave having a little diesel fuel right now. Watching uh, the old Brewers championship game back in 82 and talking to a good friend here and uh, talking racing. Yeah, good stuff. Absolutely. Well, uh, hope everyone is having a great Easter, had a great weekend so far, and uh, we'll, we'll get into it. So last weekend, they uh, had some Saturday Night Thunder starting it off, and I was able to go back and rewatch it. I watched the qualifying races, but then missed the feature due to doing another podcast, but I was able to rewatch that and we'll get into it now. Uh, so they had three qualifiers. The first one, uh, Blake Cook was on the pole. He had a great start. Landon Huffman was second and Chase Cabray was third. Uh, Huffman was really loose. Derek Krause had a checkup and he went back to fifth on the bottom. Um, Chase Cabray got loosened up by Logan Seavey. Seavey made it all the way to second. Blake Cook led the whole way. Logan Seavey, Chase Cabray, and Kaz Gralla advance out of qualifier number one. Qualifier number two, yeah. Kyle Weatherman led early. And then there was an incident in this one between Brendan Poole and Chandler Smith. Brendan Poole gets into Chandler Smith. That pretty much ended their qualifier right there. Um, Alex LeBay was right on Weatherman for a few laps, but Weatherman ends up winning. LeBay was second. Balicki, there's a Wisconsin guy. He ends up third. And Jesse Wuji advanced out of qualifier number two. In qualifier number three, Anthony Alfredo was uh, leading early. There was a wreck behind him. Ty Majeski made it up to fifth because of the wreck. Then Majeski made it all the way up to fourth. Uh, Matt Mills was kind of in the way there. Anthony Alfredo wins. Will Rogers second. Justin Allgaier third, and Ty Majeski advanced out of that one. Um, Good stuff there, man. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to see any of that, so this is all news to me. So, yeah, keep yeah, going. Yeah, the qualifiers were kind of interesting. They're, in the first one, it ran pretty smooth, and there were, there were some incidents and in close racing in the second and third one. They took four from the qualifiers, so I already mentioned who made it out of there, and then they did two last-chance qualifiers. Last chance, number one, Derek Krause had a great start. Matt Mills was second. J.J. Yaley and Jeb Burton end up getting together. They spin. Mills goes to the lead, Krause to second. And then lap traffic, Joe Graff Jr. spins, and Mills gets involved, and Derek Krause takes the lead. Derek Krause goes on to win. Ryan Truex was second. Brandon Brown, third. Joey Gase, fourth. Jeb Burton, fifth. And Myatt Snyder. Sixth, they end up going out of last chance qualifier to the feature. Last chance number two, Curry was on the front. He ended up, uh, he was on the front row and he was spinned after getting uh, jacked up by Stenzel. So that was an early incident in last chance qualifier number two. 
Um, Christian Eckes ends up spinning one lap later. Landon Huffman leads. Smith ended up dooring Friesen. And then Boyd hits the wall after they were going three wide. Some close racing at Bristol. There's not really a whole lot of room for that. And then you throw in the internet, and sometimes that can uh, throw a wedge in things as well. Landon Huffman won that one. Garcia, Justin Haley, Burton, Friesen, and Smith all advanced out of that one. So that set up a 24-car field for the 150-lap feature. They were given one restart. Okay. Yep. Keep going there, buddy. Keep going. Sounds so then good. Then they went into the feature. Blake Cook was on the pole because he won qualifier number one. Um, there was a big wreck on lap one right away in three and four. There was no caution. Ty Majeski was involved in that one. Um, Alex LeBay was looking for third on Logan Seavey. Anthony Alfredo slides up to sixth, continues, uh, continues to slide. Actually, he was sliding backwards, excuse me. And then there was a caution on lap 26. Ruben Garcia goes around, contact with Landon Huffman. Jeb Burton was around. Um, Garcia was uh, – he ended up pulling out and hitting someone else as well. So kind of an interesting uh, caution there. A lot of people pit, but the top two stayed out. So that would be Blake Cook and Kyle Weatherman. They stay out. There was a big wreck on the restart there. Chase Cabray and Logan Seavey make contact. Derek Krause was involved. Majeski just squeaked by that one. Um, Chase Cabray. He usually does squeak by, yeah. doesn't he? <laughs> usually. So he's, he's going to be kind of lucky on that. So, yeah. Okay. And I think some experience uh, came into it to how to avoid these wrecks as well. Um, sure. Chase Cabray ended up challenging Blake Cook on the restart, but they uh, they wreck again behind him. Derek Krause was involved again in that one somehow. Um, so then we go back to green a third time, and Chase Cabray challenges Blake Cook again, but Cook was able to keep the lead. Um, Alex LeBay makes his way up to third. Uh, fresh tires on everyone but Blake Cook and Kyra Weatherman. That was a good reminder because you saw some people coming up through the field with those fresh tires. They ended up having a little caution on lap 51. Chandler Smith gets into Myatt Snyder. Others were involved in that one as well. Um, they Blake Cook, again, has an excellent restart. Ty Majeski is all the way up to fifth after his early incident. And then there was a close call between Blake Cook and Chase Cabray there. Alex LeBay end up, uh, ends up passing Cabray to get up to second. Then there's a three-car battle for the lead between Cook, LeBay, and Cabray. Then another caution falls 15 laps later on lap 66. Myatt Smiter uh, spun. Huffman checked up but got ran over from behind. That leads to some pit stops. Blake Cook and Kyle Weatherman come down pit road with some others. There was kind of a split decision between pitting and not. That gives the lead to Alex LeBay. Alex LeBay takes the green flag. Chase Cabray was second and Ty was up to third. A caution uh, comes out seven laps later. Um, Brandon Brown and Burton involved with Garcia there. Um, so it was pretty good uh, half start of the race. There was some close racing. Uh, there were some incidents, but uh, in all in all, it was really good racing, especially the racing up front. Was there was there any... Uh... Um, computer glitches on any of that? Because I seen a little bit of that on Sunday. Yeah, there was. Um, there wasn't uh, a whole lot as as seen. Um, it was broadcast on enascar.com/slash live. It all looked pretty good. Um, 
But, uh, you know, you're always throwing the internet in there. So some net codes may be involved in some of these incidents, as I mentioned earlier. So um, there was some close racing there, but with Bristol, you kind of expect that. Well, that's Bristol. Yep, all close racing. <laughs> Very much so. So would they go back to green shortly after that caution? Alex LeBay gets a great restart. Chase Cabret and Ty right behind him. Then um, CV and, and Snyder were right behind Ty, so that rounds out the top five. Elgeyer, Cook, and Friesen were three wide. There was a close call again there, but some tight racing, some great racing, and you've seen a lot of respect out there as well. Kyler Wellman ends up getting into the wall in front um, in front of them guys, and Cook and Kraus get, uh, get involved there. Um, and a big wreck happens. This was kind of the big one they mentioned. Blake Cook kind of got Saturday night splash specialed, as you would say, Mark. Gets right reared and uh, yep. goes head on into the wall. Big wreck. Um, Alex LeBay ended up hitting under that caution. Most stayed out. Chase Cabray ends up taking the lead. He had a great start. Ty was under fire for second. And then a caution on lap 92. Huffman turned Jeb Burton due to a, a, due to a checkup. And then uh, Cabrera still held the lead, so he had a great restart. Mike Snyder was up to second, and he had a lot of damage. So when I saw Snyder was up to second, I was kind of surprised. But um, he held it there for a little bit, but then uh, he started falling back through the field. Um, Majeski ended up slamming the wall, but he held third. Um, then he gets by for second. Logan Seavey made his way up to third. Justin Algaier fourth a few laps later. Caution on lap 106, uh, Anthony Alfredo into Justin Haley. Blake Cook and Smith go around as well. Blake Cook, he had a very fast car. He won um, the first qualifier. He was the fastest guy in qualifying. He just could not uh, catch a break after he pit. Um, he stayed out for a while, but then he pit and he got back in traffic and he couldn't catch a break. Okay. Up yeah. So what, what lap are you at right now? Six. 106, okay, and this was a 150, Correct. right? Yep. So then uh, they ended up going to single-file yeah. restarts. Um, smart yep, move. Yep, that was, that was very smart with uh, the close racing and having a few um, after the, the good start there. They had a few 20 laps apart, and then it started coming a little more frequently there. Um, Chase Cabray was still in the lead. He had another good restart. Myatt Snyder hits the wall again, hurt his car even more than it already was. Alex Abay was starting to come back through the field. He was into the top five on lap 118. Alex Abay, you could just tell that he was the fastest car on the track, but he was two seconds behind and had to deal with some traffic. And then uh, him and Elgeyer end up door slamming, but LeBay was able to get by Elgeyer, so move him up to fourth. And then 20 to go, Logan Seavey tried a slide job on Ty Majeski, but Ty and him make some contact, and that hurt Ty a little bit. He had some damage on the on the left door there maybe even the left front so he he uh was struggling a little bit for handling after that logan seavey he was up to second after that alex abay ended up getting by ty as well so move him up to third and logan seavey just started taking off from there he went to the lead with 12 to go and he ends up winning chase cabray comes home second alex abay third anthony alfredo finishes fourth after his incident and Kyle Wellerman round out the top five, Ty Majeski ends up sixth in that one. Mark, watching this, it was really cool. They ran with the Arca Menards cars. It was great to see all the drivers in the lower tier of racing get together and drive a car maybe they're not familiar with, some tight racing at Bristol. There were some incidents, 
but I think going to the single file restart was a good move and uh, ended up being a good finish. Logan Seavey was very impressive at the end. Yeah, Seavey, I, I did see the comment after the race. that He was uh, saving tires at the end, and he kind of chalked it up for the victory on that, that he uh, actually uh, um, he used a little strategy on that, and, uh, and he got the win. That's pretty much all I saw about the Saturday race. I was uh, quite busy doing this, that, and the other, and uh, I depended on you to – Fill me in, and you did a great job there. So, yeah, it sounded like a good race on Saturday. Yeah, and Ty actually was running fifth, coming to the line, and I don't know if he got tight, if there was some contact, but Kyle Weatherman ends up going by, and then uh, Ty comes off the wall a little bit and ends up spinning him after after the caution or after the checker flag there. But no harm, no foul, and, and all in all, a pretty good race. And it's really cool to see these guys from the Pinty Series and the Mexico Series and, and the lower tiers of NASCAR, like Xfinity, Truck, ARCA guys, K&N guys, all of them, or what was the K&N series, all of them getting together and running these cars, and only 24 make it. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that's good talent, and, you know, the sponsors are there, and, uh, you know, Bristol, uh, yeah, that's a tough tough place, you know, especially if you got just a little bit of damage. Uh, dealt with that a little bit this week uh, while we were racing there, so, um, yeah, <laughs> Bristol's, a, Bristol's a tough one, so. Um, but yeah, it sounded like a good race there on Saturday. Yep. So then let's get into Sunday right away. Um, they ended up having two qualifiers as well, 50 laps with no cautions. They did give two restarts, but a resets really the resets weren't going to matter because if you had to take a reset, you were too far behind with the no cautions. So really the resets were, um, almost pointless, I guess I would say. Yeah, the one the one reset was was fine. Um, people seemed to take it. Uh, they took it kind of seriously, you know. Um, it would have been probably more of a crappy show if they would have gave him more than uh, one reset. So um, the qualifier one, William Byron was leading them. Junior was second. Bell was third, and Bowman fourth. Bowman uh, fell a couple of spots on the inside there. Chase Elliott tried to do a slide job on Blaney, but there was some big contact there. Parker Kligerman barely avoids. Michael McDowell then gets into Kligerman. Blaney was in big trouble. Old tires can be very hard to drive at this track, so it just seemed like him and the damage, they were really struggling there. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. ends up getting black flagged. Um, William Byron dominated this race. Uh, Christopher Bell was able to catch Jr. for second late. Passes him with two to go on the outside. That was pretty impressive to see. But William Byron wins. Christopher Bell was second. Junior third. Goldman fourth. McDowell was fifth. Um, so the qualifiers were kind of cool with the no cautions, 50 laps to get the drivers a little acclimated to the race. So that was uh, qualifier one there. You know, um, I noticed that, uh, yeah, the 47 of uh, Stenhouse, he got black flag for just, just running the wall and just running around. And Elliot was definitely a weapon that was out there. Um, I see Eric Jones. He didn't even get to start. He must have had the same kind of computer you got because <laughs> uh, he didn't start. So, so I could notice that he was having computer issues. Hey, I was watching Jimmy Johnson when they were showing him, and he was gripping that wheel, and he was really white-knuckled, you know, he wasn't wearing gloves. I don't. I couldn't see how you could actually drive without gloves, trying to run around there. But uh, there was a lot of action that was going on there at the last bit. Um, 
you know, even after Blaney got bounced around, it was like a pinball. He still ended up with a top 10 out of that race. It was kind of surprising, yep. but uh, yeah, 50 laps, no cautions, you know, it's on. So yeah, good first qualifier. Absolutely. Uh, qualifier two had Nemechek leading castle was second and priest was third. Denny Hamlin ended up hitting the right rear of Garrett Smithley. And then they get into Bubba and Austin Dillon as well. Boyer got really loose when he got up into Bobby Labonte. They make some big contact with the wall. Um, Chastain also in uh, contact there. Uh, funny exchange with Clint again. Um, boy, he's the star of the show. It's, it's We've said this multiple times here. It's just great having him as the, the driver there. Um, but Bobby Labonte ends up hitting the wall, and then Clint has nowhere to go. And then uh, Boyer sends uh, Castle in second around after he hits the wall with a damaged car. So that was just kind of craziness. And then Clint says, my give a damn just broke. <laughs> so, yeah, so he was all done with that. Um, it was uh, Hamlin got, you know, it only took him three laps before he slammed the wall hard. And then, uh, you know, I was wondering where that PJ1 is. You know, I think eventually you might see that on iRacing. It'd be nice to see how the PJ1, where you could actually get two, uh, two grooves going there. But uh, the way it's set up right now, it's the upper groove. You've got to try to pass on the outside. The inner groove doesn't work at Bristol. Yeah, you know, I did see some guys riding kind of mid lane there, trying to squeeze the guys up top and try to get a better run. That seemed to work a little bit. Uh, but you're right, the bottom just doesn't really come in. You have to have the guy struggle up top to get by on the bottom. You might be able to on old tires, maybe. But otherwise, the way to get around there and it pass people is you have to do it on the outside. Yep, yep. Um, so then uh, Boyer also gets into uh, Timmy Hill. Kyle Busch gets into uh, Smithley. And Boyer eventually wrecks for good, and that's when he said his give-a-damn bro broke, as you said, Mark. Um, yeah. I was very impressed with both Kyles, Kyle Larson and Kyle Busch. They were running pretty good there, which, you know, they're always run good in real life at Bristol. But if you don't have a lot of experience on iRacing, that can be very challenging. Oh, yes. You could be very average if you don't have the experience there. Yep. So uh, Timmy Hill late in qualifier number two goes to the bottom, which shocked me. Um, he let both Kyles go by. Um Ryan Priest catch, uh, caught John Hunter Nemechek coming to the white flag. John Hunter Nemechek wins barely by six one-thousandths of a second over Ryan Priest. Kyle Busch was third, Kyle Larson fourth, and then Timmy Hill round out the top five there for qualifier two. Yeah, and Priest, that was the first time that you saw all day that the lower groove actually worked with the older tires, and Priest almost made that work. That was almost. pretty impressive. Yes, it was. I couldn't do that. <laughs> um, so then we, I'll keep trying though. I'll keep yeah, trying. Yep. Yeah. You can't give up like that. So that was, uh, that was a great race. Um, so then uh, for the feature time, 150 laps with two resets there. Uh, William Byron had the advantage of starting up front. He had a great restart. The outside lane did have an advantage behind him though. Um, but there was an early caution. Second lap priest gets into the wall and then the Kyle Bush. Priest spins and collects others. That was definitely a net code. There was no doubt about that, that uh, the 37 and 95 were far apart from each other. And then, yeah, and then that kind of happened at 
the 37, you know, um, Priest got taken and uh, Kyle Busch, he ended up piling into it. And then, and then uh, the 31, he ended up, that was um, 31. They, they moved that for uh, um, Tyler Reddick and he buried it into the inside wall. And so he had to use a, <laughs> a reset on that one after hitting the wall. And then, and then the 13 to one, the 22 and everybody else all got into that too. So it was a major pileup and that was only on what lap two or yep. three. So yep. Yep, that's a good way to start, start the race right there. <laughs> and I think that's probably what to led uh, to some frustrations right away. It was, there was an early caution, a lot of people involved and you kind of saw the tensions be pretty high for the remainder of the race. Um, William Byron led back to green. John Hunter Nemechek was second. Christopher Bell was able to get uh, to the outside and keep third there. Uh, some people were struggling on the bottom, keeping third. Then there was a caution on lap 11. Clint Boyer and Bubba Wallace. And uh, Clint Boyer was initially not very happy with Bubba, but it looked like Clint Boyer actually came up on him on the uh, on one of the front, front or back stretch there, and uh, it was on from there. Yeah, we find out later um, later in the week that uh, even sponsorship was uh, involved with this, and uh, and Boyer said that he was going to text Bubba and didn't didn't appreciate the the foul language and the bad attitude on it. You know, it's supposed to be for fun, and um, but yeah, Bubba lost a sponsorship out of that whole deal. <laughs> so this this does become a big deal, especially when there's sponsors that are actually involved. Yeah, so Blue Emo was the uh, sponsor that you're talking about, and they were talking about potentially sponsoring um, Bubba Wallace on his car when racing got back going here in real life. And they said they don't like quitters, so they didn't really care that Bubba quit. But at that point, he was out of resets, so... There's a there's a fine line between taking it too serious and and not having enough fun, and having too much fun and not taking it seriously. So I think there was just a hard balance there this week with frustration. Well, Bristol brings that out in everyone, and you know, Landon, Landon Castle still gets to keep Blue Emu. So Emu, you know, that's a sports uh, sports cream, isn't it? And uh, so they're still going to be involved with the sport, but it sure ain't going to be with the 43. And I'm sure Richard Petty probably uh, probably isn't too happy about that deal either. Yeah, Bubba was kind of put in a hard spot there, I thought, though, because it was going to be a set. He already used the resets. I don't know. I, the frustration boils over. I think at some point it's just got to be it's, – it's just a hard line. And, and, you know, I think Blue Emo really got um, – their money is worth out of it because I think of their comments and the whole thing that happened, they probably got more people to see and hear about their product by what happened than if they would have just, if Bubba would have ran around with a damaged car for another hundred, some laps. So. Well, I, de I definitely agree with that. Yeah. They got some airtime out of that. So, so uh, yeah, that was uh, interesting there right after the race. I was on social media, just seeing what people were saying and it was on there right away. So it didn't take long. Um, but Bubba, you know, he wears his emotions on his sleeves, and we kind of like that um, to be the case for a lot more drivers. So we'll see what comes of it. I don't know. I I also heard that the sponsorship isn't really being paid by these to the iRacing teams or to the teams in real life to have on their on their car. They're more afraid of losing the sponsorship in real life. I don't know if there's any truth to that or not, but um, just just very interesting. 
Yeah, well, still the sponsors are watching, though. You know, they are paying attention to what's going on. Yeah. Um, Boyer yeah. somehow got the lucky dog. I don't know how, because he was involved in the accident. I don't know if you caught that, Mark. I did not, but uh, it was hard, hard to keep up with all of the action and everybody that was all getting involved. You know, it's it'd be nice on the scoreboard where they – you could actually have a check mark by it to see how many resets they had and who was left and who wasn't. And, you know, the first race, when somebody had too many uh, resets, they just, once when they were done, they just uh, deleted them off the track, you know? So it was kind of hard to keep up with the whole, all because <laughs> there was no long races. It just seemed like every five laps, there was always something going on. Bristol's really is a tar hard place to do something like this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I suggested it when they did it the first time and looking back on it, you know, I was suggesting it because of the inexperience and go try that out, but it, it showed this week and tempers boiled over and the inexperience showed and just an, just an interesting week, but uh, getting back to it, uh, William Byron led back to green. He had another good start. John Hunter Namecheck, Christopher Bell, Alex Bowman, and, Kyle Busch ended up um, restarting in the top five there. Kyle Larson got stuck on the bottom, which we mentioned some people had trouble with that. There's the first noticeable one. And then a caution on lap 19. Jimmy Johnson goes around contact with Kurt Busch. Ryan Blaney involved. He was, uh, like you said, a pinball for, for a while, and it didn't stop in the future for him. Yeah, Jimmy Johnson, he actually chopped Kurt Busch there. And then he got slammed by Blaney. And uh, and then Jimmy Johnson, he blamed the TJ spotter. You know, the T, you know what I'm talking about? The TJ spotter that's on for on iRacing. And he said that that's absolutely no good. And he didn't want to use that no more. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. And then someone on social media said, well, why don't you use the Chad Knauss one? And he said, Chad Knauss yelled at me for like 18 years. Why would I want more of that? So uh, there was kind of some good fun in that. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, the one thing I will say about the spotter since you brought it up, though, is I think that's a little bit of inexperience because you and I know, especially at a track like Bristol, it'll say clear or someone outside, and you may be clear or you may not be depending on where it does because it just it, – it's not someone talking to you, so it's not like someone talking continuously. So there's a little leg point in that even. So I think that was just a little bit of inexperience. A lot of times when you and I are racing and spotting each other and it'll say you're clear and I'm going, oh, no, 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 you're not. Hang on. You know, it's that close. Um, you still have to use your mirrors and you have to use your best judgment. Even though it says you're clear, you still have to take responsibility to kind of see where you're at or where, and use your mirrors a little bit. So, yeah, because you know, sometimes it's, it's, not, it's not cutting dry. Sometimes when it's done finishing saying you're clear, there may be someone to your outside or by the time it says car outside, you may be clear. So it's just, it's a hard balance. So it's not like someone's talking directly to you. So I understood exactly what Jimmy was talking about there, but a little bit of inexperience, not knowing, looking in your mirrors and, and taking it from there. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, they go back to green again. William Byron has another good start. Everyone was able to get in, uh, it in the upper groove there. So everyone from the bottom was able to file through at least at the front. Kyle Busch gets by Alex Bowman, move him up to fourth. Alex Bowman was kind of nice there. I think he let Kyle get in line. I think he could have pushed the issue a little bit. 
Then there was a caution on lap 32. Ty Dillon goes into the wall, gets into Chase Elliott, and that's what caused the caution. And the nine ends up on his lid. And uh, there was some really awesome pictures from from on Facebook of um, looked like uh, that Elliot was about two feet off the ground and his drive shaft was showing. And <laughs> it was a, it was an awesome picture. And even the graphics on it kind of like, hey, that looks real. I mean, the graphics on that just actually looked like a car that was upside down. It was uh, rather impressive. Yeah, it's crazy how realistic these graphics are. Um, you'll still see sometimes where there's a crazy incident where you go 20 feet in the air. That's not realistic, but for the most part, I mean, it's it's pretty realistic. I mean, he just got he just got dumped over. I mean, he just simply got tipped over. He got T-boned and did a wheel hop, and he ended up going over, which is easy to do. It's there's a lot of times you end up on your lid at, in uh, in high racing. So, but uh, yeah, the graphics are just awesome. It, it looks so real. Um, William Byron was leads leads back to green. Um, top four were able to get in line right away, so the people from the bottom were able to get to the top. Then uh, Kyle Larson and Timmy Hill make some contact. Dale Jr. barely avoids um, chaos behind him. Yeah, DiBenedetto and then uh, McDowell just comes flying in there hot, don't even lift. Uh, somehow Jr. got through it. He just drove – it's just like Moses and the, the waters parted and he went right through. And there's a lot of times when, when you're behind the wheel and then you have that happen to you where everything chaos is in front of you and all of a sudden everybody just splits and they go all different directions and you, you can actually drive right through that. And then, uh, well, let's see, the 17, the 12, the 13, the 89, the 47, and the 48, none of them checked up and they all piled right <laughs> into that one. That probably was the big that probably was the biggest mess of the day right there, that, that wreck right there. Yeah, there's it's easier just to name the numbers instead of going through all the uh all the names of that, you know. So that that's your job to name the names. It's easier for me just to say the numbers of all the ones that piled yep, in. Yep. Um so yeah, that was a major pile. Sometimes I just say others involved because there's so many you don't get to see it all, the cameras go away from it. So yep, absolutely good job catching those, buddy. Um so then uh Goes back to green, not for too long, though. Byron, another good start. Top four getting in line. Dale Jr. was up to fifth. And then caution on lap 51, so they weren't green for too long. Alex Bowman tried to get to the outside, but Parker Kligerman was there. Kurt Busch and others involved on that one. Yep. Larry Mack, uh, and then Larry Mack pulled out his ice cream <laughs> <laughs> while he was talking to Boyer. You know, he was going to sit back and have some ice cream. Well, he was spotting him like that, so that was rather comical there. Well, and that's the thing. Uh, you know, I talk about the line of taking it too serious or not. This is just great to have something going on during the quarantine going on. So, I mean, that just, you know, it just makes you laugh, and there's not a whole lot of that in the world right now, so it's good to see. Yeah. At this time, we were starting to, like, get concerned here. I I wanted to see some long-time racing here. And, you know, we were already a third into the race, and I think the longest we ran was maybe five, six laps. And it was kind of like, you know, it was getting to be a grind. Um, later in the race, they finally decided to go single file on restarts, which is the best move that they, they did. I, I understand they did that on Saturday night also. Yeah. Um, you know, it was getting to be uh, that kind of a show where, you know, I wanted, I wanted to see some racing. I know a lot of fans like seeing wrecking, but uh, 
Um, well, it is what it is. So, anyway, then uh, after lap 50, what happened next there, Lord? Yeah, so it was a little more racy up front this time. When we go back to green, Kyle Busch gets up to third. Uh, Hamlin and Priest have a good battle for ninth. They both had no front ends, uh, which made me chuckle a little bit to see him running up in the top 10 with a lot of damage. Then a caution comes out about 15 laps later after they go back to green. Caution on lap 73. Kyle Larson gets into Daniel Suarez three times. Looked very intentional. Daniel Suarez and Kyle Larson were both black flagged for the remainder of the race. Um, in my notes, it was a, in bold letters, where's the black flag? You know, um, they kind of lost a little respect for the race just a little bit. It might have been fun but it kind of dirtied the show up a little bit. And then as soon as I wrote that down, well, then the black flag came, and yes, they both got parked. And yes, that was the right call that they should have been parked. Yeah, you know, the thing I thought about it at first was that it was just a bad look because it's frustrating when you have people intentionally wrecking people and not taken seriously when you're in a race. But you don't know what was said on the channels and all that. So maybe it was just good fun going back and forth. Maybe they were angry with each other. I don't know. It seems like they're happy when they get off the simulator and making jokes of it. But the thing that caught my attention was I just don't want to see that in a race that when normal, you know, regular people are just trying to have fun taking it semi seriously. So that's the, that's the thing that caught my attention there. Yeah, it was called, it's kind of called respect yeah, you know, everybody else is trying really hard, and then you got two guys over there deciding to play a little demo derby, and I, I just thought it was a bad look. I think that's where you and I text each other and said that I think the reviews of this race is really going to be bad. Um, actually, I was surprised. Um, I looked at a lot of people's comments after the race, and um, really, people really weren't affected by it. They actually thought it was fun, so... So maybe I was taking it a little bit more serious than what other people are, but uh, that was that was my look at it. That you know, there's there's fun involved, but you also have to show a little respect to it too. Yep, absolutely, I I agree with you. Um, so then Landon Castle goes up to the lead due to the pit stops. Um, Chris Busher also had a good start. They had a battle for the lead. Matt Benedetto was in third, and then a caution with 72 to go. Landon Castle goes around, maybe some contact with Busher. And now that I think about it, there was contact with Busher. Busher just came down from the top lane and totally went into Landon Castle's door there, and he goes around. Austin Dillon, Kurt Busch, Christopher Bell, and others were involved. Byron and Hamlin barely avoid. Yep, that's a good call right there. Yes, uh, Busher did get into him and uh, turned him around and piled in a few more, you know, just like just like oh, he's how the race went. So, Yeah, I think I meant to that. And then that's, yeah, that's when they started the single file restarts after that incident. And I think I, I meant to cross out the maybe on there because when he first saw it, you couldn't see it, but there was one replay where you could see it, that it was clear that Busher came down on him. Um, but then that moves Chris Busher up to the lead. William Byron to, went to second in a few laps. He was coming with tires. Then there was another caution. Kyle Busch gets turned by Ryan Priest or John Hunter Nemechek, maybe a net code involved there. That was very much a net. That was the biggest net code of all of the race that uh, that happened between uh, Bush and, and Priest. Um, so then Byron takes the lead shortly after going back to green on the inside line with 42 to go. 
Garrett Smithley gets into Busher in the back bumper, and then John Hunter Nemechek uh, makes some big contact there. Garrett Smithley slams the wall. Yeah, that was my guy, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's who I picked. Yeah, well, he went into the wall. Well, well, that's that's nice. Yeah, he got loose and went into the turn there. And I think it was kind of frustrating to see, you know, how uh, blinkers that are on there where they're having problems with the computer. And uh, the 24 was doing a lot of blinking that was going on there. And, uh, you, know, you know, when you're racing, a lot of people say, you know, you're, uh, you're a blinker. And it's um, when you're following somebody, that can really be a distraction on there. So, but uh, it seemed like it cleared up as they went along, but for a while there, it was getting to be a bad, bad deal for, for Byron on that one. Yep. So uh, then Byron gets a huge jump on the restart. John Hunter team check was second, Timmy Hill third, and Chris Buescher was struggling. Uh, then there's another caution, Joey Logano and Brad Kozlowski make t- uh, contact there. Chris Buescher, uh, comes uh, through and whammo absolutely destroys his car. Did you see that when they went to Ty Dillon, they went to his bedroom and he had all these Geico sponsors all over his wall in the yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. I had, to, I had to laugh about all those sponsors that were splattered all over his wall and in, in his bedroom where he was at. That was a, <laughs> I got a charge out of that. Yeah. And then they interviewed him and he he had that uh, gecko sitting next to him. So that was some good fun there. Um, you know, there, that's the thing. There's some opportunity here for the sponsors to get involved and maybe sponsor you in the real life. So uh, Geico has been a huge sponsor of the sport for a long time. He's on the car that Ty Dillon drives right now. So that's some um, good exposure for them. Yep, absolutely. That's how it gets in there. You know, that's helping your sponsor along. You know, they, they appreciate that. Absolutely. And then there's a caution with 10 to go again. Kyle Bush with hard contact to the inside wall had contact with Ryan Priest. Um, let's see here. I'm looking through my notes here. Um, the two, the two, uh, that was Kozlowski was smoking badly on that one. Um, after the, uh, 18 and 37 got together, Priest and Kyle Bush again. And then, uh, that also collected the Benedetto and he ended up in the inside wall. So that was, uh, pretty much, uh, I think, see, that's where it comes into wondering how many more, uh, resets that they had it'd be interesting to know who's running because in the middle of the race you saw some guys that were running around with no front ends on their car and you were wondering were they saving were they saving their reset or were they out of resets that would have been interesting to know if they could have put that on the scoreboard to know who had a reset and who didn't you know that would have been a little bit more interesting on the to, to know what was going on there. I agree. I was thinking that during the, the whole race as well, and you brought up a good point. Maybe they can put something on the pylon or the scoreboard saying something like that. Maybe Fox can figure something out there. I like that idea. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so it goes back to green with five to go. William Byron, bye-bye. He takes the win. Uh, three wide for second. Ends up going to John Hunter Nemechek, Timmy Hill, and Denny Hamlin rounding out the top five there. Denny Hamlin had an eventful day, you know, and Byron led 114 laps of that race out of 150, you know. So, and then if you watch during during the week here, uh, during the um, short track specials, you can definitely tell that Byron is is a ace as an eye racer, 
know, that's how he got started in racing and that's how he's moved himself up. But uh, yeah, he dominated Bristol. He dominated that race. Yep. And uh, like you said, uh, NBC Sports Network was running that short track uh, challenge there. I was able to catch just the clips of it that they showed of who won. So William Byron won a few races. He, in the final race I was watching um, later on in this week, maybe it was, it was Thursday night, and he was the dominant car again, but he elected to go to the back with Parker Kligerman because they said he was more advanced with iRacing and all that. And he made it all the way back up to second. And I felt so bad for him because he deserved the win. Um, but uh, Chase Briscoe ended up taking that. So, you know, after I thought about it, I was like, this is just good fun going on. It's exposure for the sport. It's giving us something to watch, something to laugh about, have joy about. So it's all it's all in good fun, and we really enjoy it and are thankful for it. And, and Byron didn't realize that he could add a miniature grandfather clock, and they told him about it, and then he said, oh, I didn't know that, and I thought that was a surprise because that was the, the little trophy that they were going to uh, to uh, get for winning the uh, the weekly series. So. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, there was some sportsmanship that was going on there. And I'm sure he burned up his tires a little bit trying to get up there. So, yeah. But, uh, hey, Chase, Chase Briscoe, I mean, he's, he's good too, you know. So, Yeah, it was pretty impressive what Chase was able to do at the end of that race. Um, I didn't think he, there was no chance he was going to hold off Byron after Byron went to second. But, uh, but he did it, and the tires must have evened out or something happened where he was able to hold off William Byron there. I thought it was interesting when they were talking on Wednesday, they were at Myrtle Beach, and Rick Allen, the announcer that there, he says, hey, he said, I saw the menu at Myrtle Beach. He says, they got hot dogs, and they got boiled peanuts, and I went, and and boiled boiled peanuts, um, you know, there's a bag of boiled peanuts probably still under the grandstand down in Pensacola. Um, if you've never had boiled peanuts, I mean, it's just like um, – they, they cook the flavor right out of them. Um, they smell good when they're cooking, and it's a, it's a southern kind of deal. They, they like their boiled peanuts down there. But they mentioned that, and I'm like, well, you you can keep them at the concession stand. <laughs> Just like, uh, you laugh you laughing because there's a lot of memories behind that boiled peanut. So that bag went under the grandstand as fast as I bought them. It's just like uh, there's, I don't know. It's hard to describe it. There's no flavor to them. They are actually, I would have to say they're gross. And I eat almost anything. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he mentioned he mentioned he mentioned boiled peanuts, and that just like, I think my shoulders just kind of sunk. Like really, and it, it just brought me right back to. I'm sure there's a bag still sitting under the grandstand in turn one at the snowball. Yeah, coming out of the. Coming out of turn two there, <laughs> I'm still busting the gut over here. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, that was just something else. And then uh, there was something else that also got my attention. They, they were talking to Christopher Bell on Tuesday, and he said, where are you? And he says, he goes, I'm in my own room right across the, down on the other side of the house because the wife gets mad at me when I'm yelling on <laughs> iRacing. And then also I just like, well, isn't this familiar? Because back in the day when I was running the computer upstairs, you know, before I would put it down here in the man cave and somebody would get into me and my wife, she's got to get up at four in the morning. And I'm like on there like 11 o'clock and somebody get into me and I'd yell at this person over the mic saying, are you kidding me? And next thing you know, I'm hearing from the other room, are you kidding me? And I go, oh, 
And just like, so I actually had to move my cockpit and the whole eye racing setup and get it down in the man cave. So, so I can let my wife sleep <laughs> when I, when I get into it, you know, so. That's hmm. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Another, another, another familiar story. That brings story. up some good memories because you, you have some great eye racing stories and that's just one of them. But uh, man, you know, it's, I'm sitting over here busting a gut, just laughing and, it's exactly what uh, we need. So I'm hoping other people listen to us and get some enjoyment out of it like we are. They were talking on the LTN this morning about Clint Boyer and his wife got up in the middle of the night and found out that Clint wasn't in bed. And it was like, I guess something like two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. And he set his eye racing set up out in the garage and he's out there and he's just a given or he, I mean, he's, he's so addicted to it. He won't even go in the house and go and go to bed. And he just, he goes, I go to this racetrack and then I go do this one. And then I run this car over here and everything. And then, and uh, yeah, so Clint is definitely hooked on it. His wife is just kind of like, I guess, shaking her head like, uh, <laughs> you really? And uh, hey, they had Kenny Schrader. They had Kenny Schrader on there. I caught the first half of the show down there on the LTN. And, you know, I remember Kenny Schrader when he went to Hills Corners and he was in a dirt car. And he drove that thing sideways all the way around that track. And I'm just leaning against the, the turn four wall, just looking at this like, are you kidding me? Look at this wheel man, Kenny Schrader. I mean, uh, wow. You know, just uh, just an all-around great guy. He's, uh, he's turning 65 this year. Um, he says he's kind of dropped his schedule down a little bit, but he's still going to – well, I guess it's something like 80 races still a year. He said he was up in Saskatchewan and he was over in the Northeast and says he ain't running pavement as much as he used to, but it was good to hear Kenny Schrader. We uh, kind of, we kind of bumped into him when he was at Road America, you know, uh, when he was here a couple of years ago. So yeah, he was a nice guy. Said hi to him, shook his hand, uh, was walking through. He uh, was watching Austin Dillon run his ARCA car uh, or K&N car. Uh, there that day. I think it was Arca um, and Austin Dillon was having a good run until I think him and Chase Elliott got into it coming down into turn five or somewhere around there but yeah Kenny Schrader he was on the Dale Jr. download not too long ago it's great to hear the stories you know him and Dale Jr. Um, go back and forth on it and tell stories about Dale Sr. and their experiences with him and Dale Jr. goes off on a racing hiatus with Kenny Schrader one time and Dale senior shows up at the track at the very end of it. And I think junior was like 16. Cause I think he could, he could drive, but barely. And uh, he was hung over and uh, Dale senior takes one look at him. Didn't say, a, didn't say a word to him, but he knew, he knew. And uh, junior was trying to avoid him the whole time. Uh, but then he saw him and couldn't avoid him. <laughs> He's Dale junior says there was not a word spoken, but he knew. <laughs> just just the look he just got the look that's all it takes it's just the look. yeah so uh yeah. boy that dale jr uh download is really some good stuff to listen to with the guests that he has on talk about a historian of the sport dale jr i don't think there's many people out there that enjoy the sport like him i mean just a historian loves it all Yeah, he had Childress on the other day, and it's just as I'm channel surfing, and all of a sudden, as soon as I come across that, I was like, "Whoop! I'll stop and I'll watch this," you know. And you know, and they they talk just about like you and I do, just it's just reminisce and bring back memories and stuff like that. And uh, 
yeah, there's some interesting stories that you don't hear every day. So, yeah, that podcast that Dale does is uh, – Yeah, and, you know, going back cool. to Clint Boyer since you started with that a while ago and then we went off on a kind of a fun tangent there. Uh, Clint was on the show for the Wednesday night racing, now the World of Outlaws. They do their deal with Fox on Wednesday nights. And he was uh, an announcer, an analyst with Jeff Gordon and Mike Joy. And then they have the broadcaster for the World of Outlaws. I can't remember his name right now. And then they had an uh, in-car – or an in-car analyst like Clint would do on Sundays, and it was Bubba Wallace, and they actually talked about it and laughed about the situation that happened at Bristol the week prior. So that was good to see. Um, boy, I tell you, that was a good show to watch too. There's been a whole bunch of racing on this week. You know, they've been showing a lot of the older races. Um, NBC Sports Net has been just full of it this this week. Um, I've caught some here and there, um, you know, but, uh, for a race fan, I mean, they've been going all out to try to please the race fan it's almost there like on the- that network. Hopefully Fox will come back this week and can do that next week. You know, I haven't seen what's going on for next week, but I wouldn't be surprised if Fox would come up and then and they would actually, yeah, do you know, it's like uh, been great to see, like you said, there was racing every day of the week and it was fun to watch those old races the the phoenix race from 1988 was on again today so i saw ricky rudd had his trouble there and alan quickie gets his first win um the 2007 daytona 500 was on the 2004 race from rockingham was on just some excellent stuff to watch because you think man i remember this race and also you know catch you like i don't remember that i don't remember that and it's just great to reminisce about the the good times You bet. Yes. I, there's a lot of that that you don't remember as you go back to the races. It's awesome. I really enjoyed this week. I'm glad that NBC, excuse me, NBC Sports Network did that. Uh, Fox had the Phoenix race on, so they're still doing some of that every now and then. So, you know, during this quarantine, it's kind of been enjoyable to watch some of the old races and reminisce, like I just said. So um, this week was pretty awesome to see some of that old stuff. Yeah, no, no eye racing this weekend because they never race on Easter anyway. And uh, so, hey, Ken Schrader did come up this morning and he said that he's seen the NASCAR schedule that's coming out. And it's probably the same one that I've got. And they're all kind of looking at going after the Charlotte 600 um, to probably try to get back to racing. Um, It sounds like um, fans could be in limbo or they could actually – bring some fans in and keep them separated, but it's slowly starting to zero in and looking like the Charlotte 600 might be the first race that might be coming back. That's what they're kind of uh, banking on. That's what I've been seeing the last few weeks as well. I think I mentioned that in the last podcast. So that's good to see that uh, some prominent figures in the sport are starting to say that as well, because it'd be nice to have some um, normalcy come back. You know, it's, it's been a, kind of a tough time but we got to keep everyone safe and do what's right for the world so um but boy that would be encouraging you know thinking late may that's really not too far away yeah we've come this far you know i uh i did catch your your podcast from the uh, fox river racing club um it's a little tough there when uh matt was kind of uh lagging and he's kind of out of town and everything like that but you guys all made that work all together there was some uh, good good conversation that was going there um yeah i'm starting to cross off some of the uh the fun tour 
that uh, that I do um, that I'm going to lose some races here. Um, there's a lot of these races that they're canceling in the spring here that they're going to try to figure out to get a, get a way to get them back on the schedule later in the year. So the schedules is going to be uh, jumbled all around. Um, but, uh, yeah, we still have to hang on. Um, it's uh, There's a lot of people that are going to get really frustrated, and you're hearing a lot of comments that people are starting to get stare crazy. Uh, we can't get back at this uh, too early because we don't want to go back through this again. So we got to do it right, you know. So you just got to be patient and just keep putting some more uh, racing together yep. on TV and hold us over. Um, the warmer weather, the warmer weather is helping. Um, don't tell the people up north yeah. that are getting a foot of snow tonight. <laughs> you know, we're we're just we're just barely dodging a bullet here. With a lot of rain and, and uh, you know it's, it's middle of April but that's Wisconsin you know that in April you're always expected to get a good snowstorm so yeah yep. that's uh, yep. so that's where that's at. hopefully it's not too far away but yep you're you you and I've talked about it we just gotta hang in there and and uh, we'll get through it but uh, thanks again for joining Mark uh, one thing I did want to mention is we'll be doing a podcast here later on in the week, just show, uh, doing a preview to the next iRacing race and then also telling you about us since we haven't done that yet. Um, one thing that you can do is go check out Facebook and Twitter. There is a page out there for LL Sports Network, Double L Sports Network. So uh, go check that out. We're posting the podcast on there. We're going to be sharing a lot more information, all of that out there. So go check those out and uh, hope everyone continues to stay, stay safe. Have fun, maybe see you on iRacing, and thank you for listening. Yep, absolutely. Yep, just keep thinking spring and we'll warmer weather and we'll get there. So good talking to you there, Lauren, and happy Easter to everybody. Yep, happy and Easter, everyone. We'll talk to Take you next care. week.